Yo, what up? It's your boy Terrell Johnson, and you're now tuned into another episode of Unhazed Podcast, where we talk to creatives about their past, present, and upcoming works in the creative industry. This next guest is our first designer um, in Swag RS cover, who's also Chicago-based and is responsible for high-end luxury streetwear brands like Enamaknit, Launderworks Corps, and many more to come. I welcome creative director and designer Chaz A. Jordan. How are you, Chaz? Pretty good. How are you? Good, man. Um, I appreciate you taking time out to talk to us um, about all the work that you're doing. I know you don't do a lot of press, but we're um, we're glad that you are our first designer cover. I appreciate that. Yeah, we appreciate you. Um, and for our first question, I really wanted to ask you, um, as far as the term designer, you know, a lot of people throw around this name um, that may not be a designer, um, that may not have um, the skills or the knowledge to actually call themselves a designer. So I want you to define the term designer in your own words. Um, that's a good question, actually. Um, I think a designer is someone going back to the uh, original sense uh, of the term. I think it's someone who has an appreciation for the craft of making, uh, not just necessarily clothing, because um, you didn't say fashion designer. So just a designer in the general sense is someone who has an understanding and appreciation for mm -hmm. whatever it is that they are, in essence, designing. Um, so not just putting stuff together um for lack of better terms and just you know presenting it to the world but you actually know each of the components that go into to making the whole yeah so i want you to define um your style just your overall aesthetic what would you say that your style is even if it's just not one thing what do mm -hmm. you think defines your style um i've been told subdued luxury I guess is the easiest way to put it. Okay. And probably most accurate, to be honest. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that um, fitting um, with, you know, how you design and what you design and um, in as far as like color palette as well. Mm -hmm. um, what, what type of brands do you mostly or naturally gravitate towards and why? Um. That's also another good question. I think brands that share similar values to that term. So far away from logo heavy, logo driven, yeah. um, just garments that can last and that have versatility are mm -hmm. the biggest things for me. Um, if it's something that's simple enough that I can layer it or pair it, you know, okay. if I want to wear it three days out of the week, then I can do so without drawing attention to oh, that was, you know, what you had on yesterday because there is so much going on with the particular garment. Right. So I say brands that are like that and that don't try to do too much because now we're very much in a period of everyone's just trying to do so much shit and none of it is working, which is why you have more stuff that's being introduced into the market because they're just going to keep throwing until something sticks. Yeah, for sure. I guess just relating that, back to 
um, the start, your start in fashion. Mm -hmm. Um, when did you realize, when did you realize you wanted to make clothes for a living? Um, what inspired that thought? For a living? That's a, that's a... Well, when did you realize you wanted to make clothes in general? Like, yeah, that's probably an easier question. Because <laughs> for a living, I don't know the exact moment. But right. um, it's probably 2011. 2011 is mm -hmm. when I had that initial conversation with Don. And I was telling him, you know, I wanted to, to make my own stuff and was asking him for his advice or any recommendations in terms of how to get started or more specifically if there were any manufacturers in Chicago um and then he ended up putting me on to a contact um who was a close friend of of all of us and from there it kind of developed and, and turned into what it is today but I think that particular moment is when I made the decision like, okay, I'm going to try this. I'm going to put some time, energy and effort towards doing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Don C kind of, um, he kind of helped facilitate that in your mind to make clothes or you just. No, nah, uh, it wasn't so much that it, it was like, I saw the stuff that we were bringing in and stuff that we were, we were selling. So it was just the natural evolution of, okay, I could probably do this better or I would prefer if this were like this. So that's where the, the natural um, curiosity stemmed from. And then from there it was, yo, do you have anybody that can help me to actually bring these ideas and concepts to fruition? All right, that makes more, yeah, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Um, so the first the first piece that you that you designed do you remember what that looked like yes everybody remembers what that piece looked like because it's grilled now but right. first piece was um it was a wolf sweatshirt hmm. with zippers on the side and wow. um yeah it was like again we were doing it at the time where I think Ye was just starting to get with Givenchy and Ricardo. So that sweatshirt, like jumbo print on the front with the side zippers, it was very much at the forefront of that whole movement. Um, and then that was the piece that later we did a collaboration and pop up with 424 um, okay. on Fairfax. That was actually our first in-store event. And then we ended up selling out of those. I think it was like, two weeks 13 days more or less yeah that was an amazing time like in it was it definitely was i just had a conversation with alan from upscale height about this literally like two and a half weeks ago three weeks ago wow so your first so your first debut collection was at 424 like yeah, well, uh, it, it went online first, and then Guillermo picked it up, and then we started to work on, you know, the logistics of coming out to Los Angeles to do a, a pop-up experience um, or pop-up event. So it was online first. We launched the first night of the Watch the Throne um, concert cool. in Chicago, and then wow. we all kind of wore them to the concert that night. So wow. I definitely remember the launch of that that brand for sure 
I will never forget that <laughs> that time or that concert. We actually um we actually got to interview um Mike Carson, who was also the director mm-hmm. for um mm-hmm. the Watch the Throne documentary. So that's like really a cool tie-in um as well. Um yeah. yeah, Mike Carson and uh Wax, that was all part of the crew. Yes, yes, sir. Um that's amazing that that you were a part of that on a whole different side the fashion side mm-hmm. during the time um now was that was that enam utnit was that the the brand that no that wasn't a nominate that was uh Okurong, which was the first brand okay i need you to spell and it for me <laughs> au mm-hmm. space c-o-u-r-a-n-t and if you just throw that into google you'll see the stuff that I was producing like 2012. This is okay. basically the same shit that people are producing today. I believe you. <laughs> yeah. Um, that one was the avant-garde brand. So that was more in line with like Rick Owen, Givenchy, Balmain. Okay. So when did you um, forego that brand? What, what year was it that made you say, hey, I'm going to do another brand and pop this off even stronger? Um. I was doing that brand in Paris actually. And then one of the managing partners from Rick Owens reached out. And that's when I knew it was getting pretty uh, pretty intense in terms of visibility. So I knew I didn't want to do avant-garde and get pigeonholed because Rick Owens is essentially at the top. So it's like, you know, I it's very difficult for me to surpass him. Um, so I just wanted to open up the brand to go more lifestyle with less or fewer restrictions because when you're doing a monochromatic you know avant-garde brand you can only go one of three ways you know it's it's gray black or white that's it so i knew i wanted to do more than that and then that's when i decided to kind of transition from that into what became a nominate i guess talk to me about a nominate that was the first brand that i noticed you from um, so that started what year? A nominate, uh, we incorporated in 2017. I started it in 2000, I want to say into 15, 16, but I just never released the collections. I was just like legit just doing shit because I felt like it. And I really wanted to, to see what we could push now that I was back in the States. So I knew my development capabilities were limited. So it was a lot of R&D with Los Angeles-based factories and companies. Um, so like the first few seasons, I just did straight ready to wear. I was still doing like couture level um, clothing at the time. Again, trying to figure out who could do what here and then what I needed to produce overseas. Yeah. Um, and then we finally, you know, found our pocket. And then, you know, once I had the, the team assembled, it just started to flow. I want to know what inspired the name, because I feel like a lot of people don't know how to say this name. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't know how to say that name, actually. Which is crazy but to it's me, the... because it's so popular. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's honestly the phonetic spelling. So I tried to make it easy for everyone. Mm-hmm. But everyone went 
the complete opposite direction of what I was trying to do. Mm. So it's the English word anominate. Um, it's just the phonetic spelling of that that word. And I also didn't like how anominate read on a page. So I just used the phonetic spelling. That's very clever. Um, we've seen so many people in this brand. Um, like I remember seeing it for the first time and um, thinking it was official, you know, Yeezus like merch. Oh, I appreciate that. I've never gotten that before. <laughs> like, I'm, okay. and I feel, oh and honestly, you should have probably been the creative director for some of um, the Yeezus tour stuff because mm -hmm. there are some some things that I felt like was missing from that tour experience that we never yeah. got, you know. And um, we've seen everybody from like Sierra and Two Chains and Diddy and all, like a lot of people in this brand like how did yeah. how did that validation feel like knowing that people was gravitating towards towards your work without like really forcing them to you know yeah i mean thankfully it was all love um but i think that was a result of me being who i am and not trying to portray you know the image of something else so naturally when people see that they can make a you know a quick assessment and say yes i'm gonna mess with this or no i'm not going to so when the clothing matched the person i think that's what made it take off so fast um but it was like that first jump was with two chains and, and yay and andre 3000 and after that that particular article went nationwide overnight I think it was like every major publication in the US had that on the front page from like People Magazine, wow. MTV, like everybody. <clears throat> and I had like a hundred and something text messages the next morning. And then from there, it was just like, it took off. But I also didn't have the, I didn't have the, the restraints of this is how you release product during this time, during this season, this is the schedule. So as I thought of this stuff, that's when I was dropping it. So I think the combination of the press catching on as well as me dropping product as quickly as they were catching on mm -hmm. was what fueled that fire. So, yeah. you know, you had the wave jump onto this and then the next two weeks or three weeks, we were dropping something else for them to keep going. So it's like, as long as you continue to, you know, fuel that, it helps. And then it was just so much that I was dropping. It was like, by the time somebody catches on to something, we've already released two more products. So it was just like a, yeah. an excitement for everybody. And um, it was global. Like once we hit the US and then it hit Asia and then I had G Dragon. And once I got G Dragon and then like he wore it on TV for, uh, man, it was like two weeks straight. It was out of here. That's amazing, dude. It's amazing. And um, just like you being from Chicago, um, mm -hmm. who, I guess, what did you look to for vehicles of inspiration to even think this globally? Um, well, I was already traveling out of the country since I was like, probably preteens. Okay once every year mm -hmm. um so i had that exposure to a lot of the places that 
you know, our normal destinations now, but mm -hmm. it was seeing that. And then also being downtown on Oak street, um, like just being in that environment, you know, we're exposed and you hear the same thing in Ye's raps. I mean, you know, all of that stuff that he's talking about is just from being downtown. Yes. Seeing all of that wealth and that opulence that, especially during like the 90s and like the early 2000s was so, um, so apparent in, in downtown Chicago from the politicians to, you know, we had the Bulls. So you got Jordan and like that whole crew. So it's just like you see all these things um, in your own environment. So it's like, okay, this is definitely accessible to a degree. Um, and then it was just pairing that with, you know, when I would travel, the things that I would see there. Yeah, that's amazing, dude. Um, does, I feel like with Kanye being like such a, I guess, centerpiece in everybody's like Chicago experience. Like, Facts. do you have, do you, feel, do you feel any amount of pressure um, as a designer or creative director with people like, you know, Virgil and, you know, Kanye and even Jerry Lorenzo do their experience as creative directors and designers drive you to execute in your best way possible? I don't think it's necessarily a driving factor because we all, you know, we all came up together, essentially. Mm -hmm. It's just the, it, again, it's all just validation that whatever we think or whatever we believe is possible within our respective fields, we can, you know, pretty much get there. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. So as one person knocks down a door and then, you know, the next person follows, it's just that, you know, validation of, all right, let's keep pushing it collectively to just see how far we can, we can take it. Um, and then, you know, the world has, has been a passenger for everybody's journeys. Yeah. I did notice that on Instagram, your, your name is skateboard C. Mm -hmm. Um, what does Pharrell mean to you as your journey as a designer and artist in fashion? Well, I mean, P is the legend. Right, right. He's that, he's that to everybody. <laughs> Facts. I mean, <laughs> he did it on a level where he, he took the more... Um, so if you, if you compare him and Ye, for example, Ye is very much the, uh, the loud, the outspoken, the you're just gonna hear me from brute force, right? That's his approach. P on the other hand is very much, uh, he's more of a, a strategist um, and just more analytical with the moves and the decisions that he makes. So this is how, you know, he was able to grab these deals with Chanel, you know, something that had never been done. <laughs> um, and just like, he was the only person riding around in an Enzo, you know, early 2000s before people even knew what that was. So it's just like, he's always been, no pun intended, light years ahead. Yeah. So it's like, all right, cool. You take a little bit of that, you mix that with that, and then you kind of just formulate your own um, approach. Yeah. So it's like, I, I couldn't sum up his, his meaning to me in you know this short amount of time no, it's just, it would take way too long i understand way too long. but i honestly believe that that's a great answer i mean pharrell is 
pioneer of sound, design, fashion, mm-hmm. place, art. It's just so much that he's contributed to culture, especially culture so that much. we, you know, live in and, and, and be inspired by every day. Um, mm-hmm. But I do see, you know, how he's influenced you. And um, I just felt like that was um, a cool ode to him. Just, you know, calling yourself Skateboard C mm-hmm. is uh, such a dope um, nickname. It was funny because when I did it initially, it was just as like, you know, I just did it because I was like, all right, I'm gonna do it and just leave it. Right. Because I knew what it meant. Right. And then naturally, people just started picking it up and then started using it. And then I was like, okay, <laughs> now I'm starting to understand that you understand the similarities between the two. Absolutely. Um, speaking of like just your design work in general um, and people, you know, that, you've, that you're working with, um, mm-hmm. the label that you designed with Offset, one third of the mm-hmm. pop group Migos, Laundered Works Corp uh, debuted at Paris Fashion Week in the top of 2020. Um, mm-hmm. It was one of the best lines that I had seen, like spearheaded by an artist in such a long time. It actually reminded me of Kanye West's um, 2012 uh, label, but in menswear, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, like I really enjoyed the whole show and to, and to learn that, you know, you were behind it. Um, it didn't feel contrived. It actually felt like a, a brand that would succeed, you know? Um, it didn't feel like, a, you know, artists have brands all the time and mm-hmm. this feels like run of the mill. And this one, mm-hmm. I, um, what inspired the aesthetic of that? So that particular um, collaboration in short, it came to be because Set has always been, I mean, all of them, Set, Quavo, the whole crew, they've always like messed with a nominate heavy, but they never knew that it was me behind it because as you know, I didn't become a public facing figure until like 2018, I think, or yeah, 2018, 2019. So we would always speak on Instagram via that account so when we finally met we were doing a cover shoot for um hot living here in i think it was bel-air um and i came to set with that particular collection i was uh, i had just launched the first season of launder works and um i had obviously seen him on a bunch of the tours like when when we were on the drake tour and some other uh events but again, we never clicked because we didn't know. We just always knew we saw each other all over the place. Right. So when we met that day, it was uh, it was like everything came to a head and then it all just instantly clicked. So it's like, all right, yo, like I fuck with you as a person, what you're doing creatively on both fronts, you know, how can we work? And then from that day, it started to develop into, okay, I know what your style is as set, so how do we translate that into what we're doing? And then it took, I think we were Devin for about three months back and forth, like eight hour meetings every time, all day. Um, and then, yeah, from there it was taking his ideas and, and concepts and then bridging the gap with what I wanted to do. So it was the hardest part was just finding that thread to tie in what I would, 
produce with his style and his look to make it seem like one cohesive collection. Yeah. I think you did a phenomenal job, dude. Like I appreciate the sneakers from the coats to the, to the fur, to, to everything, all the, all the textiles you used, it just felt premium and it felt like a brand that I wanted every piece of, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you. So I guess we got a sneak peek into two upcoming brands you're designing right now. Um, mm-hmm. 1989 Studio in Rue Saint Um, Can you tell us a bit about each brand? So it's the same brand. That's just a particular graphic for 1989. Okay. So the Saint Honoré part comes into play because again, going back to like my time in Paris, um, which I, I would easily say is like my most um, formidable time in terms of like my my profession um, in my career, but that's the most, uh, I would say it's like the most iconic street in Paris. So that's where Colette was, that's where Goyard is, um, all of the other stores. So that particular brand came about because I wanted to do a mass market brand um, because obviously a nominate has just become more expensive um, as it's grown. So it was, how do we make something for the youth that would still be as impactful, but easier on their wallets Um, and more importantly, their parents' wallets. So that's where the idea came to how can we slash these prices by, you know, 50, 60%, but still keep the same quality. So fortunately, all of my manufacturers and suppliers, you know, they were like, whatever you want to do, we're on board, you know, we don't have minimums for you. So you tell us what you want to produce, and we'll get it done. So I was able to get that same level of quality, like literally, it's the same clothing that I produce for the other brands to a degree but just stripping the price back because there are fewer people involved and because of our go-to-market strategy is completely different than the other the other brands um so we were able to successfully do that um so that yeah thank you so that particular brand launches uh in the next week or so next week so that's what april what I'm not even going to tell you a date because then you're going to hold me to it. But I'm going to say next week and we don't call it a day. Okay. Um, That's beautiful, dude. I think that's that's very honorable, I guess, to just, you know, try to get these quality garments to, you know, people who want to afford it, but possibly couldn't. So that's 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 opening Mm -hmm. the market. It's, it's the same concept. I mean, all of, like nothing's new under the sun as, it, as the saying yeah. goes. And if you look at what Ye was trying to do with the Yeezys, I mean, he kept telling everybody like, I'm trying to get this price down, but what people fail to understand is it's not, you know, they're not doing it intentionally. It's just, they don't have the, the insight that we have. So what happens is when you're doing these deals and you have all of these other factors in, you know, in place, there are so many people that have to be paid and compensated to cover the expenses to get those brands off the yes. ground. So 
you have to make enough to cover your overhead plus enough in profits to then pay everyone out what they should be paid. So this is how you get items that only may cost $20, but then they end up being 300 retail because it's so much baked into that right. price. So when he was finally able to get that cost down, I mean, you saw what happens. Right. So it was just the, it, it's always a matter of how can I keep the quality as high as possible while lowering the costs. That's, that's everybody's struggle, no matter what business you are in. Um, and once you figure it out, you know, once you figure out that formula, it's yeah. a wrap. So when, all, when all of that was like popping off, like the Kanye interviews and him saying, I want to be this and I want to make mm-hmm. these prices low. And you, you understood mm-hmm. exactly what he was saying although you know most of the general public does not because they don't own a clothing business or they don't know mm-hmm. what it's like to design a, a a brand from paris or from milan or wherever mm-hmm. um a lot of people didn't understand what he was coming from but so you feel like um, you did understand that do you think that it's just a big misunderstanding to the general public that they don't understand yeah, I mean, because I mean, we're still dealing with that with some of my other brands, which I'm I'm working hard now, which is why I have to go to Europe today to get those prices down, because it's like we know how big our audience is for a nominate, for example, and we know the volume that we push. So it's just like, you know, common sense tells you if you lower that price, you exponentially grow the business in terms of sales. So it's just that. Yeah how do we find that middle ground to where everybody is comfortable? So that's what I'm working on now um, with the nominant. Now that I've regained control of that in terms of creatively, my biggest thing is to completely update that brand and bring it into 2021 or 2022 now with much, much lower prices. Like I'm trying to get those prices at least 40% lower and just blow the market out. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see what you have in store. Um, and I'm excited to to reveal, you know, this cover story to the people. Um, yeah. Yeah, you and me both. Let me tell you, my press team will be pretty happy, too, because it's just giving them more content. <laughs> yes, like this is going to be um, I think you're going to be super happy with it as well, because we, you know, we're trying to make it um as beautiful as possible mm-hmm. especially you know encapsulating your personality your style and of course your brand um but speaking of um you as a as a designer and a creative um i noticed that you also play a role at opus united can you tell us a bit about the role that you play at that agency yes so my role with them um, I just, I just transitioned from full-time to now, uh, on a project basis, but it's, it's more so coming in as a cultural strategist, um, specifically focusing on the fashion and how fashion impacts culture, um, role. So as you know, Opus is, you know, like our actual job is to elevate these brands and help them enter into the market, more specifically into culture, 
in a way that's relevant, but also in a way that's genuine and authentic to them. Um, mm -hmm. So it doesn't land on deaf ears if it's just like some corporation coming in and, you know, doing whatever the play is for the month to try to gain this particular demographic. So, wow. so my job is to lend that insight from within the culture to say, okay, this is what I think is coming up, or this is what is very much in the moment and how we can apply whatever your product is into this market. Nice. That's beautiful. Um, now, how often do you work at Opus? Is that like something that they, they bring you on to different projects or your integral yes, to now it is okay before i was every project um in whatever capacity but now it's more so when we have specific projects that you know need my um experience or design touch then i'll come in to assist the rest of the team nice that's super dope um i myself come from a you know a marketing background um myself um do you feel like that is important as a creative to understand, I guess, the business of marketing. 100%. I mean, you'll save a, you'll save a lot of money if you understand that, because then you don't have to go out and have someone advertise or market your products, because at the end of the day, if you've created it, you know exactly how it should hit and how it should be perceived. Yeah. So if you can execute that exactly how you see it, those are people or those are the people in companies that I, I tend to to see are the most successful. Absolutely. Um, well, that's 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 kind of it for my line of questioning. If there's anything that you want to share with us um, that's important that you haven't touched on, please feel free to do so now. Um. I mean, 1989 is the is the big one. So <laughs> that's it. We need all guns pointed towards that. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see, um, you know, the rest of the line. Um, I'm excited to to debut the the lookbook because, of course, we would love to do that on Swag RS. Um, and we look forward to just you know really debuting this cover story. I think you're going to be happy. Um, the brand will be happy. We got a lot of um, your clothing in there and um, just embodying you, you know what I'm saying, in, mm -hmm. your, in your brand. So mm -hmm. I'm excited. I'm excited for it all to roll out. And um, but yeah, man, have a great flight. You know, um, I guess stay safe out there overseas. We don't know. I appreciate it. I'm going to definitely make the most of this trip. Absolutely, Chess. Thank you so much for this interview, for um, coming to our shoot. Um, I appreciate you, man. You're the first designer on Swag RS, so that means a lot. I appreciate that, man. If I wasn't, we wouldn't have had it. Bruh, <laughs> and you're Chicago-based. That's very important to me as well. Facts. Chicago you know all day. So I yeah. just appreciate it. I appreciate you. Um, being a part of this so thank you thank you guys but yeah have a good flight and um we'll keep in touch all right man all right Thanks. be sure to rate comment and subscribe it helps us more than you know also follow me on instagram at by terrell johnson and on twitter at terrell johnson as well as follow at swag on all social media including facebook and youtube 
For more on the creatives we interview, visit our site at swaggerrs.com.